Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Stock Talk. This is my little podcast that I've uh, been putting together where I like to talk about all things investing, where I get to share with you some of my thoughts and takes and perspectives about what's going on in the investing world, as well as perspectives and opinions and ideas from other people uh, who I think are in the know about investing. Uh, I also like to share with you some of my thought processes and my rationales that go into my own personal investing decisions. The goal really for this podcast, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is to just share with you, and hopefully you can take away uh, some ideas, some nuggets of information, some perspectives that you can bring back into your own little personal domain and your own uh, personal investing circumstance to ultimately help you make better and more successful investment decisions. My name is Amin Reina, and I'm an investment coach and founder of Sage Investors. And as an investment coach, what I do is I work with people who, who are striving to become more financially independent. The problem is, as people try to strive to become more financially independent, they get frustrated, intimidated, and confused by the whole investing concept. They either don't know where to start if they're new to investing, or if they've been investing for a long period of time, they just are not happy with the way their portfolios are evolving and progressing. So so what I do as an investment coach is I teach people, I engage with them on how to make more educated and, and ultimately more successful investment decisions so they can achieve a certain level of financial freedom in their lives and achieve it with confidence. So this is episode 120 and today I want to talk to you about something I've kind of had on the back of my mind um, you know, as I've been, you know, as someone who, who's who's constantly looking at what's going on in the markets and offering some takes on markets and uh, what's been going on, I've been I've been kind of thinking about this for a while. But uh, I just, you know, I've just kind of kept it inside me. But I've uh, wanted to kind of put it out there. And and what I'm thinking of is is we've had an incredible run in the last probably last ten years. Uh, in stocks, uh, we've seen some epic, uh, epic increases in value in terms of stock prices. Just keep going up and up and up and up. And I just sort of sometimes wonder to myself, wonder to myself, you know what? Have we seen the end of that traditional stock market crash? Because we haven't had one in a long time. It's been a decade since we've had one. And and I wonder if there's certain elements out there in the environment that are creating a situation where, you know what, we may not see stock, stock prices go violently down for long periods of time. Like we think of these, those epic moments, the 87 crash, the 1929 crash, uh, uh, 76, 1998, the uh, currency crisis, Asian, Asian currency crisis. We think about the 2007, 2008 financial crisis. These are like flashpoints that kind of are sticking our heads as, as investors. Um, thinking about, okay, when, are, when is those next kind of moments going to happen? And the fact that we've been so far removed from any of those kind of elements uh, has me wondering, is like, are we done with bear markets? Is there no such thing as now a truly bear market? And the reason how I got, I've gotten to this point where I'm kind of questioning this is just, again, just where we've been. We've had an epic run in stocks. Like, you know, you look at the returns on the S&P 500 over the last decade, it's almost tripled in value. The Dow Jones is almost quadrupled. It was, it's yeah, it's almost tripled in value. NASDAQ, same thing, doubled in value. Um, just look at last year, for example. Last year, we didn't have one day, one trading day in 2017 where the S&P 500 closed up or down more than 1%. 
we had like 65 plus days last year where the Dow Jones or the S&P 500 set a daily record high. Um, you know, we've had, but, and despite all this, we've had like major serious geopolitical type events in the world. We've had, if you remember the, the big uh, issues with China, the China stock market and uh, economy crashing a little bit in 2016. Um, we had the Brexit vote. We had Trump and all the sort of daily outrage we see with that. We've had all kinds of really flashpoint moments, but the stock market just seems to have kind of ignored all this stuff and just keeps, it just takes it in and then just kind of moves up. You know, we're in a world now where People are borrowing and levering themselves up to buy stocks. Like margin debt has been almost on an annual basis setting record highs. Uh, cash levels in uh, professionally managed portfolios are at the lowest level. People are all in on stocks. And I often have called the stock market, if you've been following my, any of my blogs, podcasts, or stuff I, I post on Twitter, uh, I've been, I've called I've kind of given this 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 run up in stock prices. I've called it this the Teflon stock market, where it just seems like any element of negativity that gets thrown at it, it just it doesn't stick, and it just it, it just it's immune. It feels like it's almost immune uh, from from negative news or negative uh, negative business events, flashpoints, um, and I just wonder like is this is this sustainable and i keep asking and i've i've done i've talked about this in the past um and you know that i if you've been following me i've been uh i've been quite pessimistic and critical of i guess the way the market has evolved in the sense uh i think the market's overpriced and overall i think uh the market's overpriced and i think it's due for a correction and due for a major correction um, we've lived in a world where we've just, just had near zero interest rates and central banks printing a lot of money, flooding them, flooding the world with cash and has forced people to go up the risk profile and invest in much more riskier assets in the search for yield. Um, you know, like stocks, real estate, art, um, and it's created a lot of, um, companies to to behave not exactly correctly in terms of doing a lot more financial engineering buying back stock issuing more dividends to keep you know propelling these these this move in stock prices and this is again under a backdrop where the global economy and basic economy has until recently has been pretty much average or it's been very tepid and yet stock prices have been going up 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 and up and up um, and so despite all this stuff going on in the market the market just keeps going up and i just wonder um anytime and anytime there has been a pullback and if we're going back to just this past february we had this violent moves in stock prices and it lasted for about four days and boom we're back up again um you know same thing with the with the stuff with uh with like for example with trump with the mad king you know after he got elected there was the night he got elected the markets just tanked and then after that, it's just been, it's just sort of absorbed it and just kind of moved on. And it's, and it's as I said, last year was, was a crazy year in terms of record highs. Brexit, another flashpoint moment. Um, market kind of puked, out, uh, puked up uh, for a couple of days, but then it just kept on going. Um, are we in a world now um, where the only really direction for stocks is to go up? Are, are we going to see those, those kind of iconic, uh, crashes uh, in the stock market. Are we, do we going to see, or are we just going to be now? In a, in, are we going to be entering a time where we're just going to have small little kind of hiccups, um, and then you know it's almost like you know the, 
the market's like burping or belching or passing gas and then it just kind of moves on and then uh, that's about the end of it. Um, you know, are we really in a golden age for investing in, in that sense? You can invest in anything right now and it's going up and it doesn't matter what the fundamentals are and the fundamentals of a business or, or a market is, uh, the only direction seems to be for, for, for asset prices is, is up. Are we kind of, is this the, the norm now? Um, are major epic stock market crashes a thing of the past? And so I've been thinking about this, and I've been trying to kind of figure out why um, this could be. We could be in this case. Why we could be living in this kind of new world order for for investing. And there's a few reasons why I think we might. That's possible. I don't know. I love to hear what people think about it. But why are you know why do we not have a, like haven't had any serious bear markets? Well, I got a couple of reasons. One reason I think is perhaps a proliferation of ETF products. Um, we have more and more products out there that are you know, low-cost uh, investments that invest in broad stock market indexes. Um, even though the fact that if you look at the percentage of low-cost, broadly-based, uh, you know, slash passive investing products, they make up a small percentage of the overall uh, assets that are under management out there. Um, but... Are passively managed, low-cost, uh, broad-based, uh, broadly invested uh, ETFs kind of flattening out um, or taking away um, potential uh, downdrafts in, in stock prices? Maybe that's one reason why we haven't had a lot of bear markets. The ETF side of it. Other side of it is technology. You know, our computers now. You know, we got there's much, much more um, computer-based trading. There's much more. We have high-frequency trading tools, um, and we, you know, we have algorithms and companies that you know, are computerized trading, automated kind of trading. We have kind of a artificial intelligence now making its way into into uh, into the technology, into the trading systems, in terms of portfolio management. Is technology kind of, have we gotten to the point where the technology is now there where it can, you know, mitigate these, uh, these uh, big violent changes and negative changes in stock prices? You know, this whole big data concept. Now, you know, there's maybe just so much data out there now that um, it's easier for the market to, you know, through, through programming and through coding are able to kind of filter out any negative moves in, in stock prices is the technology just is it just the technology side of it just uh, a big driver of this um, then I thought you know what maybe maybe people are just smarter about stocks now and maybe we just don't give ourselves enough credit um, you know as an investment coach I work with people to help people make better investment decisions maybe and, and I can personally say in my little universe I definitely see improvement when I uh, see somebody who hasn't, you know, doesn't know, didn't know anything about investing. And, you know, after working with them and teaching them the mechanics and behavioral aspects of it, um, see them doing much, much better now than when they did before. Maybe the education piece is, is, is starting to filter in. Maybe people are, are much more aware of the concepts and much more savvy and much more literate. Um, and are making better investment decisions. Maybe we're, we just don't give ourselves credit. You know, we like we like to think the computers are doing everything, but uh, maybe maybe it's us. Maybe we're doing a better job of of, of making investment decisions. Um, you know, all these elements. When I look at all these elements, maybe it's just we're at a point now because of 
something to do with ETFs, technology, um, people just smarter. Maybe we're just now entering a point where where the markets truly are more efficient now. Maybe we're we that you know the stuff I learned in school about an efficient market hypothesis. Maybe we truly now are in a point now, thanks to maybe all these different elements in play, that markets are just much more efficient and they can anticipate um, prices and stock prices much more effectively now than than maybe we could in in the past. So I was. So when I think of this, uh, I think of when I've been thinking about this, I go, hey, maybe, maybe we're we're done with with bear markets. Maybe we're done with with violent stock market crashes. Maybe we're just, um, it's just smooth sailing from here on in. And the more and more I was thinking about it, the more and more I was kind of buying into it. But then at the end of the day, I said, there's some things I go, and I go. Nah, I can't be all this. <laughs> There's got to be something more to this. And so I try to figure out why, how I don't, at the end of the day, I don't think this is sustainable. We're in a real golden age right now. And it's, you know, as much as I don't believe the market, as much as I believe the market's overpriced, I'm still out there buying stocks, if you know that. And I'm going to be sharing with you in, a, uh, in the next few episodes some of my own investment decisions that I made. Uh, as it pertains to that February uh, meltdown, mini meltdown that we had, um, I think I don't. I just don't think this is very sustainable. Still, I still deep down have my convictions are I don't think this is sustainable. And, and I try to write down a few other re- reasons about it why I don't think it's sustainable. Um, one first one thing I thought was uh, just the law of the universe. And this is kind of this may sound like really cheesy. And very uh, kind of an analogy-driven concept, but you know, I'm a type of person. I believe very much that what goes up comes down. What goes around comes around. If you want to get into an investing framework, you know, the whole concept of reversion to the mean, you know, the random walk kind of theory. Uh, I don't think this is sustainable because I think at some point this is all going to even out. You know, we've had, you know, just losing the logic the last 10 years, we've had crazy low interest rates and stock prices have been soaring. We're now entering a world now where interest rates are going up. And so conversely, if I'm using that logic, if interest rates are going up, then that's usually not conducive for stock prices. That's conducive for stock prices to go down. So I'm really, I kind of think from that perspective that this is all going to even out. Um Another reason why I think that I think that can't hold is there's always something out there, and I think this comes back to the whole um, black swan kind of concept. Is that there's there's something you know you can the logical thing is interest rates are going up, so therefore stock prices go down. Yeah, and there's a lot of research that has shown that stock prices actually in periods uh, a lot of periods have gone up even further um, when, uh, during a, an interest rate uh, hike uh, cycle. But there's always other elements. There's always some other unknown element that nobody knows about and nobody's thinking about. None of the analysts, none of the media, none of the journalists, none of the uh, you know people like me maybe um, are thinking about. You know, it could be a political. There could be a political shock. There could be an economic shock. Um, some kind of social uprising. Technological change can create you know it's essentially it's the past concept political economic social and technology technological um there is some element out there that is going on i talked about it in one of my podcasts uh, a while ago um when i talked about i just don't think this is sustainable and there's something out there that's going to bring this whole thing down but i have no idea 
it's something is going to happen, but it, and it's going to fall into one of these elements. And and I think that's one reason why I think bull markets are are bear markets. We will see more bear markets uh, coming into play. Um, and the final reason why I think I don't think this could hold is, and it comes it comes down to behaviors. Um, as much as we're kind of programming our trading, we got robo advisors and, and and algorithms and high frequency trading that are, you know, using big globs of big data to kind of anticipate where stock prices are going, and maybe they do a better job forecasting. At the end of the day. You know, unless computers start programming themselves, there is always a human element to these to these programs. There is always a human element to technology, and unfortunately, human beings are just not rational. And unfortunately, we can't predict the future, and we can't code every element out there and possibility and probability out there. There's always something, as I said, the black swan concept. There's always something out there that we haven't thought about that is not going to be factored in and as human beings that's who we are we we have we're not fortune tellers and we're not soothsayers um and we don't behave always rationally because there are all kinds of biases out there that can screw with our decision making and can screw up screw up our, our our investment process and how we think about investments and how we think about people ideas and all all that kind of stuff um you know the fact of the matter is in 2008 you know there's all kinds of computer models out there um, none of them predicted or even anticipated a major meltdown in 2008, to, uh, 2007, 2008, because again, these things are coded by people and people can't predict the future. So I think when I look at these elements, this whole what goes around comes around, the black swan element, and then just our human behavior, I just don't see. You know, it's just really hard for me to see this bear market, uh, bear markets kind of be coded out of existence. I think we will still have these um, markets, and as much as the Teflon stock market has been, you know, alive and kicking and thriving, at some point something is gonna is gonna get thrown at it, and something is gonna stick to it. And I, again, I have no idea what it is. I have no um, predictive capability in any of my dna's but uh uh, and that's what i uh that's why i invest in in stocks and even though i have such a pessimist or critical uh opinion of the market right now i'm still investing in stocks i'm still implementing my investment strategy and my playbook and because at the end of the day in terms of investment options and investment ideas stocks are still the best game in town to get uh, exceptional returns and returns that are at least enough to cover uh, cover inflation and to protect your purchasing power. So I, I hope you understand kind of where I want to go with this. It was just kind of uh, it's just something that's just been on my mind because at just some point you just realize, you know, ten years we've had this incredible bull market and is this is this the norm and is and again I guess I'm I guess I'm I'm uh, I'm expressing my uh, recency bias um, where you know. Whatever's happening in the most recent periods of time is going to is going to be modeled into what's going to happen in the future, and so I think I guess I think this is kind of my little my little uh, battle that I'm having here with recency bias and with my own recency bias, in that I'm just wondering, you know, is this the norm now, where stocks, even if they if there's something negative uh, that happens in the market, is it just a short term blip and the market kind of absorbs it really fast? And boom, we go on our marks or merry business, and the markets just keep going up and up and up. Um, 
it seems like all the elements are there, but then as I said, when I think about it, when I think about the human condition, I think about black, Mar uh, black swan concept, and I think about just the whole momentum of, of reversion to the mean, it's hard for me to say this is sustainable. So <laughs> my point of this podcast was just kind of, I just felt like I needed to go through this exercise of trying to rationalize through my mind um, that bear markets are still very much possible and epic stock market crashes are still very much possible. Um, it's just really hard to deal with it right now because the markets just keep going up and up and up. So what do you think? I'd love to hear what you have to say about it. Um, I wonder if you are feeling the same element of recency bias uh, that I'm feeling right now with respect to uh, the markets. Um, feel free to drop me a line. You can drop me a line through my email. Uh, my, uh, you can just go to my website, sageinvestors.ca. Drop an email through there. You can find me on Twitter. My handle is at sageinvestors. I'm on there all the time um, tweeting about my own personal takes on the market as well as other people's takes, sharing some really great content. There's a lot of really great content that I follow on uh, through Twitter um, that helps me make uh, more informed and I feel better investment decisions. So follow me through there on Twitter. Uh, I got a Facebook page too. You can find me on, uh, just do a search on Sage Investors. And finally, you can find me on Instagram. I'm kind of poking my, you know, dipping my toe in the water on Instagram. You can find me, my handle is Sage Investors Nation. Uh, that's pretty much it. Uh, if you got any questions, again, just flip me an email and uh, flip me an email, a tweet, or a comment on any of this stuff, and I'll be more than happy to answer it. As you know, also, all my podcasts are on iTunes. And I also want to just announce, too, that now I, all my episodes of Stock Talk are now on uh, Google Play. So if you're in the Android world and you want to get your, you want to jump aboard on some of my podcasts, I invite you to do so. You can find me now on Google Play. So all the episodes are there and you can check me out there. Feel free to leave a comment, review, subscribe. It's all good. So thank you very much again for listening in uh, to another episode of Stock Talk. My name is Amin Reina from Sage Investors, and we'll catch you again another time. Take care. Bye-bye.